Hello, and welcome to Podcast of Vito, a Big Brother po- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Brendan, and joining me as always are my brothers, Terrence. Hey, everyone. And Owen. Howdy, howdy. If you're new to the podcast, we recap, discuss, and analyze every episode of Big Brother All-Star. With that, let's get into the recap segment of the show, hashtag, but first. Sunday's episode, that means we've got an HOH competition, at least when they don't show us who won on Thursday's episode. So we cheated. We knew who won. We, we looked into the live feeds. We're live, we're live feed podcast now. A live feed We just podcast. don't spoil it for people on here. No, of course not. But, you know, once you once you dip your toe into there, it's kind of hard to avoid knowing this stuff. Yeah, like we were watching with our family, and it was like, oh, Kaser! Oh, come on, Kaser! It. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you watch a movie that you've seen a billion times, and you're like, it's going to work out this time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is like the weirdest thing in human psychology. But the, the one thing that was cool and also kind of disappointing is that this competition was not actually shown on the live feed, so we didn't know that Kaser had like a ten minute lead yeah, on what Enzo. The heck? He choked. Kaser blew a two to one lead. Now the we, they didn't uh, show this on the original telecast because I think it was coming back from break. But the way that he advanced to the second round was incredible. Yeah, he Just like the three ball shot at the beginning. How lucky was that? It was like a shotgun blast. <laughs> Pretty much, landed. yeah. Um, so Enzo won. First HOH win ever. Yo, bro, I've been waiting 10 years for this. <laughs> a lot of uh, first-time HOHs for some of these older guys. For an all-star season, especially. Yeah. It's a, it really <laughs> goes to show that you... No, that's not coming for people who like finished top two, but a bunch of these people who finished in like thir- you know third or fourth, I feel like they didn't have to do a ton to get there. And shows- or, I mean, Memphis was top two. Oh, okay, yeah, first. good point. So I'm, yeah. I'm on there. Um there are different ways to the get there. The thing that's words. weird is Memphis seems like very good at competitions this year, for the most part. It, I I don't know. Is he like in better shape than he was last time? I have no Maybe. idea. But who knows? He's been a strong competitor. I cannot stand him. Yeah, I, hate I cannot him. stand <laughs> I hate him. him so much. <laughs> he is one of the most unlikable <laughs> players ever. Absolutely. Who's just fixated on David? He's the Mickey of this year, except for the fact that I was on record last year's. Well, I was rooting for Mickey that, at that a point. aged very, poorly very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Disavow. Yeah, good. Although good at this and, point, at this point, if Memphis is focused on David, good. Like get David out of here. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So well, we'll get into that later. Um, So I thought Enzo would be a wild card. The episode played out. He's really not much of a wild card. But the big focus of this episode was who cast the hinky votes, which Terrence, we got the, um, the, uh, what's the word? official, uh, history of the hinky. Yeah. Vote. Like where it originated. Yeah. It's an evil dick term, um, which I did not know. He tweeted about it the other day. Uh, but you know, he, he's one of a few people who could introduce a term into the vernacular that even Julie Chen is going to pick up on. So, which is why it's perfect that his daughter, was both one of the hinky votes and the person who tried to get other people to cast hinky votes. Curious to see if she actually... So the main focus of this segment on the show was that Cody came in and asked her, oh, who who did you get to vote with you? And she was like, well, it wasn't me. It was Bailey. And uh, he was like, what? Come on. Then he explained that the day before, she had asked him to 
cast a hinky vote <laughs> to uh, point the finger at a pair, is what she said. She wasn't too, too clear about who she was going oh, after Cody at the time. Oh, Cody filled in the blanks, if I, if I remember correctly. He's like, yeah. oh, like Bailey and Devon. Yeah. So it, essentially, that's what she was saying. And he immediately said no. Exactly. Yeah. I. So I have a ton of questions. Yeah. Um, first, I want to say uh, another savvy read by Cody who I'm becoming more and more impressed with, even with someone in his alliance and who he's supposedly close with, calling around that, you know, that's BS. Good read on his part. Uh, I think he has a similar instinct for this game to the way Tyler does. Which makes me think that this plan could backfire on Danny because, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Bailey and Davon are supposed to be in alliance with them, and it seems like Cody plans to honor that. But Danny, not so much. Exactly. Oh, well, why did you guys <laughs> just look at me? I had nothing to say on this. We all just turned on <laughs> like, say something. Well, okay, but no, I have other questions then. Okay. I was waiting for you to go through the questions. Okay, here. more questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh. Well, no, I was just like, well, Owen is I think there's a huge so. question. Let's see if you're going to say it. Well, my huge question is, why is everyone only focused on one vote when there were two? So I think that leads into the main question, which is, did she talk to Enzo? Which it looks like no. Yeah. Yeah, it does look like no. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Danny really played this poorly. She got a little too excited. Um, she even seemed too excited when, like, asking Cody about it. Mm-hmm. She So she seems really fixated on Bailey for some reason. So that's who she was trying to pin this on to begin with. She kind of got like a two for one deal and it's like, oh, there was another one. Okay. Yeah. yeah Bailey and Davon. And also um, her reasoning, very interesting, saying that she wants one of them gone so that she can be the other person's number one. Like she's actually like really thinking that that way. seems like an ex post facto reason. Like she's just maybe. Like, oh, that's that's my reasoning. Yeah. Can you explain what that means uh, outside for us? Non law. Like, people? well, I mean, she just. She reasoned it after the fact. It was like, oh, I want to get rid of Bailey. And that's like, but then I'm going to. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, th- that, that makes total sense. And that is just classic bad big brother. Like we've talked about where it's like, what's, what's the quickest way between two points, a straight line. And she's like, no, let's take like this squiggly back route and then get there the long way. And like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. There's no chance that's going to happen. Well, and it's like, to be fair, I think we said last episode, you know, Bailey and Davon did sort of ride the fence as a duo for a while, like pretty clearly as a duo, just in the way they uh, were sort of making joint deals with uh, people. So, I mean, it is Big Brother. People do tend to go after pairs, but it just seems like that's not really Danny's focus. It comes across kind of uh, random uh, in a way that makes me think it's more personal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I it's hard to read too much into like the personal reasons behind it. I think she's just overplaying. Well, to be frank, but Bailey gave Danny the have not, and they were, they clearly like hate each other. Good point. I wasn't thinking of that, but by the way, just a little sidebar. We talked about that. Have not thing. Eh, it won't I've be enjoyed anything. it. Uh, yeah. I've loved it. Yeah. I mean, it, like it feels like one out of every two like assignments yeah. has bad blood attached to it. Yes. Um, one thing that is interesting 
we're always talking this season about old school versus new school. And I mentioned last week about how like Danny is trying to act all new school, but like the old school in her keeps coming up. I did see one live feed exchange. I think she might've been talking to Cody about how like basically she wants to see a blow up in the house. And Cody was like, why, why would you want that? That's ridiculous. Right. And she was like, right. well, it, it makes things more exciting. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, right. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> that <laughs> Thanks, was me Enzo. as Enzo on the pod. <laughs> right. Um, you, that's a great point. So I watched uh, an interview with Janelle after she got evicted. And was it with the Big Brother brothers? No. no of course not. This I think they got to be there for like the, Did they? the finale one season. Uh, that's oh, a bummer. You were just like, oh, they, they'll give these interviews to anyone. Foiled again. <laughs> Uh, and she, she took this interview and she said something I found really interesting. Uh, she was talking about her reasoning with a few things and, you know, the person asked, why do you think the votes went the way they did? Why, why were they leaning towards 11, nothing? And the, the two random votes were a surprise. She said, well, you know, that's just the new school way of playing. You don't want to look as if you're opposing the quote unquote empower people. And she basically said, screw that. I mean, that's no fun. Play the freaking game. At the end of the day, we're here to entertain. Like yeah. this, this is boring. Yeah. Like what? What's wrong with you guys? And I was like, whoa. She just comes from a completely different school of thought. Now maybe that's not the best gameplay to have that be part of your like thought process, and maybe that's why she's never won one. But I just found that to be such a refreshing take. I the, believe I've made this point on the podcast before. That I've always thought a good campaign tactic would be to appeal to someone's desire to, like, have a good TV moment. And it almost seems like people don't desire that much anymore. They all just play, what is it, a four corners offense? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. stalling until they need to make a move. Yes. And, but, oh, what you said, it's almost like um, in the first season of Celebrity Big Brother, if everyone was saying Shannon was the best player of all time, but wasn't actually serious. They were just trying to gas her up. Yeah. That would have been a cool strategy, but instead they actually well, meant that after one week of gameplay. Like I've, I basically think Dan's funeral worked because Dan managed to convince Frank that it would be like the craziest TV thing ever. If we, if we did this and uh, you just haven't seen a move that tries to appeal to that sense in people since. Yeah, and I wonder if that's even possible anymore. Do you think enough lessons have been learned from things like that? That because in reality, Dan's funeral is three to four different things that needed to happen. A few of which were extremely improbable, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, so the, the fact that it worked, it's the greatest game move ever. But how many different times have these grand types of schemes been thought up, and they don't even get past the first step because it's that improbable? Well, now everyone's just like. Wow, I could make a really interesting move here for TV, and then it's just like fast forward to the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, D David and Kevin. Those, those <laughs> <my nominations>. like <laughs> I almost kind of think my detriment in the game, if I were on it, would be the fact that I would have no interest in playing this. Uh, just like pussy way of playing, it's just so. Like they don't want to offend anyone in the house to the extent that they're not willing to be entertainers like you are on a TV show. Yeah, absolutely. But 
getting us slightly back on track, I just want to talk a little bit more about the votes in the first place. I'm still fixated on the fact that no one's asking about the second vote. Is there so okay, Danny is hard after Bailey, does not like Bailey. She ends up seeing that second vote. Bailey and Devon, that's our easy pair to target, right? It doesn't look like her and Enzo talk beforehand. The way everyone even came and said, who cast the vote right. as opposed to two? So is everyone just on to Enzo? Does everyone know he does this? Is this like, yeah? wasn't there a guy in Survivor who voted uh, alphabetically? Like every Big Brother I, podcast. Yeah, I know. But like one of the first seasons, I think this guy went. This is Nicole's podcast. He went through the cast and like each tribal council. You know, the first one he would vote with the person whose name began with A, and then the next one would be B, and, and he just did that all season. If I remember, freak people out. Well, I mean, I don't know if they caught on or not, but you know, is it is does everyone just know that that's his thing and that's why they're not questioning it? Right. I, I don't, don't think they know. Then why is then why is no one asking? I don't know, but he was freaking out more just as much as anyone about who did the vote because he's clearly trying to sell it. Yeah, maybe I'm fixating on the wrong thing because obviously we didn't see everything. I just find it really interesting that um, it, I mean, it makes sense that they're fixated on the fact that it has to have basically originated from one person, at least the idea. I think the biggest question is who did David vote for and what was he voting for? <laughs> oh, okay. <Can> we- <laughs> I thought he was going to be like Hillary Clinton. Like, what? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't vote. No. Yeah. <laughs> Can, yeah, can we just talk about him? Uh, I mean, what's there to say? <laughs> I feel like he he's the best podcast topic of the whole season. He's the worst Big Brother player I've ever seen. They somehow threw him on an all-star season, and the whole house thinks he's the worst Big Brother player of all time. Well, this is getting to be, like, embarrassing. It, he is, he it, it, like I tried to explain last time, he is bad in a way that just destroys other people's games. Dave, Davon has tried to be friends with him like every week. And this week she just said, like, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> Her mocking of him of just like his whole act of just like, who am I? What are you talking about? Where is this? Like, yeah. Well, my question is, is he just that socially awkward? Do you, are all his interactions in his normal life? Just this awful to the point where anything he says to you, you're like, what's this guy's problem? Because I he think went from not even being on the radar for casting the Hickey vote to walking in and proceeding to act so weird that everyone's just like, oh, yeah, he did it. Yeah, well, he, and like, that's he, fair. But it's I, impossible. I think he got so in his head about like, oh, yeah, big brother, you, you got to be secretive that he, he just shut down and was like, oh, uh, anytime someone asks me anything, I'm just going to be like nothing. <laughs> he uh is one of those guys that just kind of like thinks he has the answer to the world because i tuned into the live feeds at one point and he was talking to kevin and not to stigmatize any sort of like meditation techniques and stuff because i do hear they work but he was going on his whole like yeah i learned meditation and mastered the real roots of anxiety and started to like truly understand it it's like oh my god dude shut up He's watched a few too many YouTube videos. Yeah. He's like one of those guys that says if you just like don't eat for like a year, all of a sudden you'll save $50,000. And it's like, well, well, you need to eat. Here's how to pay <laughs> off a mortgage in five to seven years. Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat or wear clothes for I, five to seven years. I hate those because it's like you realize you get penalized like crazy if you pay off something like that too fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's if, like if you are able to just pay within the schedule, right. that is to your advantage. Like it's really changing nothing if you pay it all off right away. Um, I don't know if I can find this, but he's one of those guys who have you seen that video where it's like stop listening to 432 hertz. It is not like the God sound or whatever. I've never heard <laughs> there's, that. There's people who they listen to like frequency music and think that certain frequencies like have healing properties. Oh man, I wish I could find the video. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard of this. But <laughs> I, I believe me out. I feel like he's like all over that stuff. Just being like, yes, well, actually 432. He's definitely, hertz. he's definitely all over ASMR. Do you guys oh. know what that oh, is? Yes. A- ASMR oh, right here. Fortunately, I do know. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it. But <laughs> listen to frequency music. Stop listening to 432 Hertz. It is not what they say it is. It is not backed by science. It is not a miracle tone. It is not harmonious with our energy. It doesn't balance our chakras. It's not a part of the solfeggio scale. And it's not a part of the perfect circle of sound. It's a lie to keep us off of the truth and to keep our energy disharmonious and to keep us from awakening. Like David so what, definitely watches that stuff. So is that guy um, currently dating Caitlin or Christy? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the The caption for this tweet is just 1.6 million views on TikTok. No, Christy <laughs> is uh, dating Tommy's mom. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Are we talking about Christy or Caitlin? Christy! <laughs> what were the words in the song? It was, uh, uh, let's ride Christy's three steps from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm gone. Thanks to Blockhead Mickey. <laughs> you guys haven't thought about this at all since yeah, last year. No, I listen you? to it like every once in a while. I'm just like, meet the Broncos. <laughs> I've got a playlist. It's meet the Broncos, Midnight Train to Jury, uh, Keisha Love Shack, which we never really <laughs> named, and then uh, Keisha Trusted in Memphis. <laughs> 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 and then it's just me reading uh, Shakespeare uh, prose <laughs> to you say goodbye wanna, to David. Oh, there you go. You might want to make that playlist uh, public on Spotify. Yeah, I wish I, wish I could. Um, let's move on. But, but one last thing to add. Uh, so obviously Danny's trying to direct the blame towards uh Davon and Bailey, but uh Cody's wise to the fact that it was definitely her. And he seemed and he told the meow meow. So I think it's gonna get out. He also had the moment of him, Danny, and Christmas laying around. And Danny is, of course, pushing the conversation of who do we think did it. And Cody was just like, I think it was you. Yeah. Who do you think did it? Bailey? It, like <laughs> the, the most yeah. obvious setup ever. Um, so I think this is where what I keep saying uh, comes to fruition. That is that uh, her just trying to play like every side of the house and just be the snake is about to catch up with her because people are gonna be like, wait a minute. They're like Danny just keeps doing this stuff. Like we can't trust her. That's well, what I'm saying, bro. I can't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's your bit for the season. That's a new bit. Just like every once in a while, while you guys are saying something, just be like, right, right. right. You know, he's a good kid, but I could do my Cody impression, which is just, yeah. Yeah. Kaser's <laughs> K- probably like yeah. nine months younger than the meow meow. And he's like that, man, that's a good kid. He's a good kid. Um, so some we, we saw the Cody and um, Enzo conversation. A couple interesting things there. Enzo says that Cody is, in fact, his number one, which I think we knew. 
But any chance of the fact that Enzo is not disclosing his quote unquote hinky vote to Cody being an issue later on, or is this just gonna you know? No, I think Enzo fade away. Enzo could technically like make some waves in this game, but he's kind of just on track to like maybe cause a little chaos and then head out the door at some point. I feel like he is just like the perfect seventh place player. Right now, though, he yeah. just seems like invincible. No one has ever expressed any interest in like, oh, we got to worry about him. It's like they're worried about like Tyler, uh, Nicole. Well, yeah, I mean, you want to talk the tall about, Italian guy. You want to talk about resumes? This He is the best resume so far. Who? Enzo. HOH, two POVs, I think. Two. I think he, he has, has a safety has suite. A safety I know suite. that. So, okay, a safety suite and a POV. I think. It's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, I mean, for being three weeks in, that is really, really good. <laughs> um, let's move on to Kaser and Davon had a really interesting conversation where Kaser just manages to put words in the perfect order every time he talks. Um, he was explaining his religion and, like, you know, the reason he has to eat meat in a certain way and whatnot. Um, and then they started talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And once again, Big Brother like showed us the full conversation, um, which I think we commend them for. We've talked about this a couple times throughout the season, uh, but it just all I could think of while watching it was they have this really profound, um, you know, earnest conversation. And Danny was like, "That's fine, but uh, you two are both going up on the block, and I'm going to blame everything on you." Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard not to notice the parallels. Uh, it. I mean, I don't want to go and 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 cast any broad aspersions on Danny or anything like that, but it's like like you said, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And I think Davon put it perfectly when she says, "It's not their story, right?" But that, but and that's why they can try and tell it about you that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a similar thought process. And I think I'm not necessarily saying you know Danny has said anything concrete. Like we've had seasons where people have said like racial slurs on the show but it is a recurring it's not just well yeah it's a recurring thing where every year the house just seems to target the minorities in the first four weeks and then that's that and it's especially frustrating that it seems to just be like perpetuated by i mean it's it's like the instagram whites are doing it to people here and it's just a really annoying season that it's happening again and like they're always painted as shady yeah like it, I think it is troubling. Oh, there are absolutely undertones that are impossible to ignore. And I know we're trying not to, you know, be slanderous or anything like that. But if you look at the fan community online, we're not the only ones who are thinking this way. It, it's kind of hard to ignore. Uh, someone tweeted something along the lines of, you know, at this point, just get Kaser and Bailey and Davon out of there so they can just, you know, remove themselves from this pretty much toxic situation. Mm-hmm. I think Swaggy C was basically like, yeah, like who cares at this point? This isn't worth it. Yeah. And the the picture that keeps being accompanying a lot of these things is that picture of the six-person alliance that Julie showed Janelle. And it is all the quote-unquote Instagram whites, like you said. Yeah. And it's just like, well, it, this is what you're up against, and you stand no chance. Right. Well, and I think the thing that makes it especially noticeable this season uh, Davon and Bailey made an alliance with these people and they just immediately well not all of them because I think Cody did stick up for them but Danny just immediately threw them under the bus like what <laughs> it's just very uncomfortable 
this is uh, semi-related, semi-unrelated. I did see one picture that must have been like an engagement photo or something of Nicole and Victor doing like it. it they were trying to do like a high art shoot. Like if anyone saw, if anyone went to like the Jay-Z and Beyonce concert a few years back, they would have like videos in between where they, they do high art stuff and it's authentic. Cause that's like what they do. Cause they're artists. <laughs> yeah. And there were like videos in between of them doing like photo shoots and stuff like that. It's like Nicole and Victor were trying to pull that off. And it was just like really frustrating. Their gender sickening. reveals are going to be insufferable. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, this is actually, I, I don't know if we talked about this, but I noticed this for the first time. What's Nicole's job title? On the show. Uh, isn't it social media influencer? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> who, who is being influenced by her? Is that, a, is that a real thing? I mean, basically anyone who goes on a reality TV show gets the opportunities to call themselves that. Yeah. What a joke. I mean, yeah. if it weren't for COVID, she'd be doing club appearances and like that's oh, whatever. Like Sorry. I'm pretty sure. I, I, that's just ridiculous. Like I'm pretty sure Angela from Tyler season. I think she was like a fitness YouTuber or something like or okay, Instagram. Okay, but that that's okay to me because like someone like her or Christmas who like they legitimate like there's an actual skill to what they're doing and like they're putting hard work in and it's not just their quote unquote personality that, that they're branding like Angela's putting out a cookbook mm-hmm. like that's awesome like and yeah. Christmas did something similar she wrote a book I believe so to me that's just like two different levels like you're telling me I Nicole agree. Franzel like give me a break you yeah. know uh I'm only thinking about this because of blonde girls, essentially. But a great alliance to have this season would have been uh, Janelle Kaser and Brittany. What a what a great trio that would have been to have on a season. Well, that would have been an obvious one because Janelle and Brittany are like best friends. Yeah, that would have been awesome if Brittany was on the show. I know, I know. <laughs> I wish Brittany was on the, the show. The way you said it, though, was like, you know who should have lined up? <laughs> you know what I find interesting, too? And this is... This is actually way unrelated, but it, it it made me think of something from last episode in that Janelle interview I saw. Janelle basically said something to the effect of, I would ideally like to have worked with Danny, maybe a couple other people, and would have set set up her game differently. But essentially, the second she saw Kaser was in the house, was just like, well, that's what I have to do. Yeah. How, like, I, I don't think anyone thinks like that anymore. I just found that really interesting because things she, like what I, I just like that loyal. Yeah, true. Uh, it, it, like I said, totally unrelated, but I, I was just kind of amazed by that. Cause I was like, so real, she even recognized like probably wasn't my best game move, but I just found that really interesting for the dynamics in a season like this where everyone knows each other. Basically every interaction they've had for multiple years of knowing these people is quote unquote pre gaming. I just found that really interesting. I don't think it's, I do think that is interesting. I don't think it's just loyalty. I think she knew that she would automatically be associated with him. So she had no choice but to work with him. Yeah. Um, just lean into it. But let's move on. Uh, they also showed that Danny and Nicole have an alliance, which, I mean, there was no like pack shown for final two or anything like that, but they're just very close as Owen's already talked about a little bit. Um, I don't know. I didn't take much away from this except for the fact that, uh, like all I could think of was didn't uh, didn't Danny kind of like sell her down the river to Tyler when she was doing that thing where she was going back and forth? Yeah. Um, well, if there is a quote unquote final two here in anyone's mind, I would say 
among all of the different you know connections that Danny has made, we talked about this last episode. We couldn't we couldn't figure out who was number one. I think this is number one for her. I don't know if Nicole feels the same way. E- you know, Evil Dick tweeted to the effect that Nicole is more loyal to Cody than to, to Danny. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it goes both ways, but I think we know who who Danny would choose when it came down to the end. Fun evil dick tidbit i did not watch it but he he hosts a reality like recap show called dick at night and Love he it. had a uh, mrs angela rockstar on oh. last week yeah so how do they celebrate a radio's birthday i don't know i didn't <laughs> it's just always a radio's birthday <laughs> so <laughs> we're always like oh uh, a radio's birthday contrary to popular belief i don't watch everything that rockstar puts can out. can you do the uh rockstar on my daughter's birthday? on my daughter's birthday <laughs> <laughs> we should do like in a radio's birthday episode just we should do pop dukes we should actually start doing cameos for rockstar <laughs> <laughs> what do you think she charges on cameo um thirteen dollars forty five dollars just a uh non i charge seven dollars because it gives it gets my chakras like really good was she a shocker person <laughs> no but i just feel like lucky number true true i thought owen had something to say there i, I didn't have <laughs> anything to say um, i keep like getting put on the spot to say something when i there, have nothing prepared we just could be like owen bless us with your profound wisdom and he just blinks is there <laughs> blink blink cartoon sound <laughs> is there any way that we could like stage a fan coup and have david replaced with rockstar i would that would it. be incredible well but what's funny about that is we're like yeah david's the worst uh big brother player of all time but we literally made a segment called between a rockstar and a hard place that was meant to be this is the worst player now of all time. so much different i think i think rockstar is the most tragic player of all time I think the funny I agree with that I think the funniest thing that like ever happened on this podcast was when Terrence just randomly I don't remember like it it fit you just did the meanwhile I just want to get on the ground (laughs) (laughs) Um, if there was any person in the history of Big Brother who understands what Janelle was saying about it being entertainment Rockstar you know who else rock because I had this memory during today's episode Caitlin understood it to a fault because with Faute mm. it's always fun when someone turns on their alliance now Caitlin decided to do it week one with Swaggy <laughs> but um still interesting she she knew TV I she like had a flair for the dramatic yeah I, I like Caitlin on Twitter I don't I don't think I said it on the podcast but she tweeted after Janelle uh, was evicted like is it too late to give her my puzzle and that's awesome. Oh, and that perfect. One thing I think that is interesting to note, a lot of the people who were maybe rumored to be on All Star, like Paul, Evil. Well, Evil Dick wasn't really rumored to be on there, but a lot of people who are considered All Stars in the Big Brother community, even if they're not on this season, have been tweeting about how they hate this gameplay. Yeah. That they expected a more cutthroat season with it being an All Star season. And it's just not the case. Once we talk about nominations, I kind of want to talk about kind of the state of where the game's at. Uh, and a, a clip that we tweeted state one, of the game one of our favorite topics we probably bring it up every week we're like the the state of the game <laughs> <laughs> um let's move on to Kaser's pitch to enzo which i thought was actually pretty savvy by Kaser. which we i mean we see him be savvy one conversation after another even though the game hasn't worked out for him he's pretty much just been a target from day one um and, it, and you know it goes back to what i said earlier with 
his conversation with Davon. He's just very good at saying the right things and uh, both in the game and then just like the right thing like in life. Uh, he just went and stroked Enzo's ego, which I mean, I like Enzo, but he is all ego and it almost worked because he left the room and Enzo was just like, he's a good kid, man. But he's going up on the block. <laughs> it's like how he talks about Ian. I, I like the kid, but I just don't trust him. He really <laughs> does not like the kid. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, I agree with you somewhat. I, I actually, I, I think the shortcomings of Kaser's game are are there. As much as we love him, and they're coming to, to bear right now. Comps. Um, well, comps, yes. But from what I can gather, he hung out with Janelle the entire time. And while he can have, you know, good conversations with maybe the people that he likes, he's not, he doesn't simply put in the groundwork with the other people because yeah. everyone just talks about how I've talked to him twice. I've talked to him three times. It's like, well, he's been there for three weeks. That's yeah. not good. So I don't think he put in the groundwork to, to have built a game past Janelle. I think Kaser seems like the type that is pretty generally uh, quite introverted, but he tries to have like quality over quantity conversations. Yes, true. Yeah, so, like, and, the people he likes seem to really have a high opinion of him, and he has game talk with them, but he can't bridge the gap. With but true. even we saw super early on when he was meeting some of these people, like he is really good at finding that way to like compliment someone, yeah. and even like talking to David. He, I remember he had a conversation with him about how like he thought he had real potential and then he was talking to David about why he wanted to be on the show and stuff like that. And then David was like, listen, I've got safeguards, so you need to get away from me right now because people are going <laughs> to think that we're in a line. Although <laughs> I, I think I retweeted on the pot of Vito Twitter, but Kaser just like hates David. And I think he was talking to Christmas saying that kid just like talks in code. And then when I ask him to explain what he's talking about, he refuses to. <laughs> I think everyone hates David. <laughs> that seems to be the the only common denominator this season, but they won't put him on the block. It's weird. Usually in Big Brother, when there's the problem player, they just are like, this week, we're all going to enjoy our week and be safe and get rid of the problem player. I remember one of the more recent, although this is actually like a long time ago at this point, but one that I can think of in particular was um, there was a trans woman a couple of oh, seasons ago. Uh, Audrey? Audrey. Yes. Who, Correct. I mean, kind of had a breakdown. Yeah. And then there was also a woman. I don't know if it, it might have even been the same season who had a breakdown like a week in. Um, oh, God. Was, well, I, I forget what you know I'm talking was, about. Though. Do you know what I'm talking about? Somewhat. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember her name because she was only on for like two weeks. But that happens in Big Brother where there's like someone everyone hates like with cause or you know, someone who just clearly like needs to get out of the house at, which I think was the case with those two where it's like everyone kind of knew like, this isn't just a game. Like we may not like them personally, but they seem to be having like actual personal problems and probably shouldn't be here where they'll like a victim. It seems like David is the type of person where everyone's like, look, he's just kind of blowing up all our games. <laughs> like maybe we should just have a week where we evict him. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the exact reason why they're, uh, you know, why those people got evicted, but a lot of times that sometimes that does happen. It is like the person both simultaneously is like losing it in the house mm. and then starts like acting out on it. Nicole, Nicole. A. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, it did happen. It happened in a cold this season. Um, I'm just surprised it's not made a David because he is hurting people's games. I guess it's just that everyone's like, well, you hurt all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, I just think that does happen sometimes. And I think you put it perfectly on. There's every couple seasons. There's people who like legitimately the house gets them. And then they start like acting out and doesn't mean they're bad people or anything like that. Like we've talked about Nicole for two seasons now. Like she's seems to be a wonderful person, but the house can get to you. And usually that's like automatic. We're just going to have a week where everyone's safe and we're going to evict that person. Well, yeah, especially if it happens early because as the season progresses and you've been there for like two months or whatever, everyone kind of breaks a little bit. So that's expected. If you do it before then, it's just immediate target on your back. And you yeah. know what? I think that one that I was thinking of, I think she actually left. I, I just are don't you, remember. Okay. Now, are you thinking of, I believe her name was Megan on Maybe BB-19, Megan. who was just like kind of like majorly bullied week one for like no reason? Well, I think it was uh, that she, she became she, the target. No, she was the one that when Josh took the egg, started yelling, you were coming after me, specifically oh. at her, and then, like, the whole house ganged up on her. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. That was, like, a, pro- a problem yeah. season. Well, I didn't remember the details of that, but, you know, you get the point. Um, so I'm surprised that David has not been, like, a target at all. Uh, let's move on to uh, the Enzo and Christmas Alliance, which was finally... Uh, <laughs> What's the word? I was going to say, like, consummate. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, there might be something to that, because, like, the rumors are, the murmurings are that, like, Enzo's been trying to shoot his shot. It, it, it seems that, that way, at least. Uh, you know, he, he laid the groundwork here a couple weeks ago with the safety suite, keeping her safe. Um, but he just, I just really seemed to vibe out with her. Um, and I don't know. It, it's an interesting alliance to me. And I feel like Enzo's in a bunch of these alliances where he's not really in the big power alliances. He's not in like the commission or the committee or whatever. I don't know how I feel about the six shooters or uh, the, <laughs> the slick six. Um, slick shooters. But I, I don't six know. Shooters if, out. I don't know if I consider that the, the like power alliance. So I don't feel like he's in any of these big powerful group alliances. But what he seems to have is an excellent one-on-one relationship with every person who is in one of those power alliances. Right. True. Um, the thing that's a little bit annoying is like, he's like, well, I got to put up Kaser because we haven't talked game. But his whole point with Christmas was, well, we've never talked game. That's why I'm going to bring her under my wing. She's also hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like kill two birds, one stone, bro. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. He's divorced. I don't know her status, but <laughs> when trying to figure this Get out on her Facebook, and when trying to figure this out, she was arrested in 2018 for, um, I guess, doing something along the lines of like causing a scene with the her baby daddy, who I guess was like potentially with another woman. And I think she like hit his car with her car or something like that. <laughs> wow. So like Carrie Underwood's Chris is his ride or die. Yeah. <laughs> I have someone from respect for. Her. She looks great in the mugshot. <laughs> so, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, just a little bit of background. Maybe there, you know, maybe there's something there. I, bro, have no idea what I, I like is. the dangerous girls, bro. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like a telescope. And you know what? My telescope really caught on to Christmas. I'm an older jingle, man. Jingle. I know what I want. I see a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the end, Enzo, the meow meow, who was going to make a big move, put up 
Kaser and Kevin. Wah, wah. So Kaser is a lame duck, and Kevin is a lame duck. Is a duck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like two guys who haven't really done anything or established any foothold in the house. Usually, like the house gets all bent out of shape about like a pair or like a group of people. They take out one of them, and they're like, "Well, I mean, I don't really care anymore." We'll get them later. Yeah, <laughs> not the case. Not the case at this all. This has mainly been propelled by Cody, I believe. Every single time I see Cody talk about it, it's I I want Case for Ground next. I need them both out right it's away. Weird. Well, because he's still pushing the narrative that they talked about me and they talked about us. There's that, and also he's worried that Janelle will get back in somehow, and he doesn't Correct. want them to work together again right away. So I think it's time to talk about the state of the game because this is, this nomination is the problem with what's going mm-hmm. on, and. Mm-hmm. There's a few things I, I've been thinking about, um, and we can do it through the lens of Kaser's discussion that I think I originally tweeted at Potavito, and then we retweeted from the account, where Kaser was talking to a, one of the two. I think it was Devon. It might have been Devon and Bailey. Yeah, but, I think it was just Devon. Yeah, and he was pushing for, hey, like we need to align here. We we The only way we can do anything is if we get some sort of numbers and a little bit of momentum going in that direction, which he's absolutely right. They'll never figure it out. But that's a different point. Uh, and he basically says, if we don't, we're just waiting for them to pick us off. Because if you think that you're doing something right by appealing to them, you're not. Because the second they want to make you the target, it doesn't matter what you did. They're going to find their way to pin something on you and come up with cause for targeting you. So it's very similar to what Enzo did. You talk, you you don't talk game to me. Okay, well that's your reason. But the the sort of paradox that he points out is what's been happening last few seasons is well, we're vilified if we do talk game because we're not in power. If we are deemed to have been quote unquote talking game or trying to figure out any sort of way to play against this power group, it's kind of like you go against like the authoritarian regime and it's considered a crime and you are vilified for it. And there's just no way to play against it. It hurt my feelings, bro. Tyler. Yeah. And when you think about it, this is something that just came to me when we were doing the pod. A player like David is actually the manifestation of all the anxieties that arise out of that. Mm. If you realize that you're not in that group, well, yeah, you should be scared. And yeah, you should try not to say anything because you've seen how bad it can affect your game. But what's so cruel about that and ironic is that if you don't see anything, they say, well, you didn't talk game to me, bro. Yeah. And you're gone. It, so you just can't win. It, it's it's kind of a problem with the game right now. And I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I don't. I think the only way is to be smart enough to realize it early and try to fight it. But and, no one's going to be listening to Kaser because they bought into the rhetoric that they've been saying about people like him and Janelle. And that's where I, you know, what we talked about earlier, where the implicit bias comes in, because people just sort of line up with people who look like themselves and then they're the main group. And then that's why we have, um, you know, the state of the game, like you said, and what we were talking about earlier with the conversation between Kaser and Devon. That's why that just seems to be coming to a head every season. I want unapologetic producer intervention. I basically just want the producers to step in and create a good TV show because the way the game is currently structured and we've seen so many seasons like this where that power group gets made and they just win 
every week. And the same thing happens every week. So like I was saying before we uh, got on air here, that hindsight being 2020, this season should have been Big Brother All-Stars old school versus new school where it was direct show made alliances and everyone knew who was on each side and have those two sides duke it out until the eventual point like three or four weeks in or three to five, I would say, where they split it up and then everyone plays a game for themselves. It's kind of like in BB 14 when in order to keep the four or five, I don't remember. I think it was four, four, four veterans around. They had them be coaches for like three weeks or like survivor. Survivor operates like this. Um, I think that's a great idea and that's how they should have approached it. Um, and I wanted to say something else. Uh, I'm trying to blank. I think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had like a good point, but but it's so what um, you're arguing for is essentially government intervention. No, because what we currently have is, like you said, it's like authoritarian the way the house operates, and I I just don't want that to happen. I want the market to be controlled in a way that like allows it to operate the way it should. I'm saying like. The production is the government. Not, I know. Not, I know. I know you are. Okay. I know you are. But. I think I know what I was going to say. This is why, like, for the past several years, we're always like, oh, this season stinks. And then as it gets a little bit, like, narrowed down, we're like, no, this season's pretty good. Because then it's like they have no choice but to go after each other, and it gets kind of interesting. But every year, it just starts out with this boring crap that no one wants to watch. Janelle, she's a true entertainer. She knew. It's a TV show. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a shame that once again, you know, the people who are on the wrong side of it are not going to band together, are not going to figure out in time, even though someone like Kaser absolutely knows and the only thing I'm going to pin on him is exactly what I said a few minutes ago. He just didn't put the groundwork in with all these people. So they're not willing to say, hey, I'll, I'll ride with you. They, they look at, hey, you're in a bad position. You got yourself here. I'm not going to hitch myself to that wagon, which is unfortunate even because he's exactly correct. And I don't, I mean, I tried to summarize it there. I don't think I've ever heard anyone articulate what's wrong with big brother right now. So well, it was perfect. I agree. All right, let's move on to Sunday scaries. The segment where we discuss who should be scared on Sunday. Uh, Owen, take it away. Um, Probably the easiest one, Kaser should be scared because of every reason that we just said. Um, there's no reason to think he's not the target. Now he could win veto. Or I think there's a sneaky chance if somehow like Kevin came off, then maybe Enzo decides to shake things up. The Meow Meow is a wild card. But I uh, thought he was. Well, like... He talks like a wild card. Yeah. So it's still a possibility. Um, and even if he ended up next to someone like, say, David, I think there's a chance the house would decide, like, you know what? Let's just do it now. Let's get it <laughs> over with. Totally or, agree. Or like like you said, if they take down Kevin, all of a sudden Enzo's like, this is an opportunity to backdoor a bigger threat. Yeah. Which would be smart. And that's where I come in. I think the only player that would remotely present that opportunity for Kaser to be safe is if Kevin somehow got taken down 
and Ian went up in his place. Yes. Uh, I think that is the only possible way that Kaser stays without winning the POB. And I think Ian should be scared for that reason because, you know, I like him, but I mean, he really doesn't. The way we no. cannot stand Ian for I some like reason. I like the kid, bro, but I don't. Yeah. The, the way we think the game has been going in a world where he just decided screw it and put Danny up. Do you think Danny has the safeguards or <laughs> would they take the shot? Uh, I'm going to say she has the safeguards. I, I, I do too. I don't think, I don't think he could pull it off with enough certainty because well, I think he could absolutely get Cody and Tyler. I think Memphis would probably jump on it as well. I don't think he could get uh, Nicole. Nicole. I don't know if he could sway even someone like Kevin. But if they just probably tell, get Bailey and David. Yeah, if you just tell them, like, yeah, she was throwing your guy's name. Now, actually, where I disagree is I don't think Tyler and Cody would. I think they they see themselves as the three-headed monster at the top, and if one of those heads is cut off, that means that there's a good chance that they're the next head up. Well, from what I've been seeing on the feeds, they're talking a good amount about and that's a good point because then all of a sudden they are bigger targets. You're absolutely correct. But they have been talking about, you know, at some point do we just make the move here? Do we just get her out? Because we clearly can't trust what she's doing. She's playing all over the place. You know, I don't even know how she keeps track of it. The, the same way you can't keep track of what alliances are what, and none of us really can. <laughs> just me. <laughs> how, well, well, no, you just always mention it. How do you, how is she keeping track of who I she's telling no what? in these overlapping alliances that are like completely amorphous. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I also think while Cody and Tyler do play the game pretty conservatively, I mean, I think they could be talked into like, let's make a move, bro. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I've got Kevin and I'm just going to use uh, just generic BB jargon. Pawns go home. Pawns go home. I don't know why I'm saying it like I'm from New York, but I feel like a lot of times when pawns get mentioned, it's like uh, Christy. Pull me up as a pawn. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one? I was like, I literally made you coffee yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> or you made me coffee or something like that. Oh, this man. is what we have to do every season around this time where we get really angry about the current season. So then we just start making jokes about last season. Then eventually this season will get interesting. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I think we're actually missing a little bit, uh, because we know these players and they are so clearly here to play and just, they don't want the BS because, uh, who, who was it? Oh, Cody's like, I don't want to blow up yeah. because they're like, quote unquote, the more mature players. We're not going to get any Christy wild cards. And the no. only wild card we're getting is David, who is a wild card in the least entertaining way possible. It's infuriating because it's just like. You're not interesting because you're wild or funny or anything like that. You're interesting because it's the way your brain works is like incomprehensible to a rational it's, human. It's painful. Do you yeah, think anyone talks observe. to him in the house anymore? At this point, it'll be hard to. Yeah. Because it, it's no no social reasons. It'll I think be it's like, possible. He might blow up my game with something I say to him. It's possible, even though what we see on the TV is him being pretty reserved. I think if you end up sitting next to him in a room, you might not escape for like two hours because <laughs> he might just be like talking your ear off about whatever new thing he has going on. It starts telling you about like the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that the way he acts um, 
it's not always in game related situations. So people just have a bad opinion of him because like it was really just like, who's the vote? Like, we're all trying to figure it out. And he was like, you're putting me in an awkward position. Yeah. So that always like I feel like reflects bad on people and makes anyone wouldn't trust someone in that situation. Even if it wasn't Big Brother, I don't know what conversation you'd be having. That yeah. would bring How many times up. has uh, David said that COVID's not that bad? It's just like the flu. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's really just about so many uh, getting a lot of sleep and cold showers. That's really all it is. And, and if, the pe- if more people knew that. And the government trying to implant 5G <laughs> It's, a, it's in your increased brain. my immune system to the point that I don't have to worry about Stop it. Stop listening to 432 hertz. It is a lie. Have you ever <laughs> thought about how we're all in here breaking social distance rules? And none of us have COVID. <laughs> 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 Makes you wonder. Stock up, stock down. New segment that we took for a spin a couple of weeks ago that I think has some serious legs or wheels, if you will. <laughs> this segment, stock up. Yeah, stonks. Um, <laughs> this is the segment where we try and predict down the line, like over time, who will win America's favorite by like saying who's up and who's down. We haven't been keeping track, so who knows, but... We're going to go off a gut here. I think we haven't even talked about this, but I think the obvious stock down uh, is Danny. I think that this move, whether it was intentional or not, will play bad in the court of public opinion. Yes, I agree. We sound like broken records. I feel like we've said that every time. Like that's our stock down Danny every time. No, well, we have said Danny a lot, so she's way down. But I felt like this was just well, really uh, kind of even if again, like we said, we're not like accusing her of anything. But it just comes across as pretty uh, tone deaf. The worst, the worst stock down moment for her is getting a whole segment on the show about how Franzel is her best friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) so cringeworthy. Yeah, Uh, stock up. I mean, we've said Kaser. I think Kaser. I think Davon. Is there anyone that you think shot up? Well, shot up. I don't have a current one off the top of my head right now, but. There is a Twitter movement going on to make Janelle the first pre-jury America's favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that would be great. That, uh, that's very possible. And I have a couple small ones, but... I think a small one is Christmas. Yes, me too. Because she played that uh, punishment really well. <laughs> yep, exactly that. She's aligning with the meow meow. Maybe she'll you know get into a, a showmance. Right. So that, that'll, that'll win her some votes. Uh, and... The other one, um, Ian. I mean, farting on national TV. <laughs> he wasn't farting. He was pooping. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> that's just humanizing. I right. I like that. Reward uh, that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. But I think the obvious. There's an obvious down, and then I think it's still just Davon and Kaser went way up. I think those are the two who went most up. Bailey is very high. Um, yeah, same. I agree. And, and also. Her comment to Danny was great. I keep referencing that random poll. I mean, it's pretty consistent every week. The order goes Janelle, Kaser, Bailey, Devon, and then it gets a little off the rails, but it's typically like Ian, Tyler, and And so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So we're we're pretty close with these things. Hey, Tyler, coming off a not great HOH like we talked about, wasn't on the episode one time. Good episode for him. Uh, but not but he didn't go stock, up. Yeah. No, yeah, no. I'm just talking game. Enzo yeah. stocked down because he's going after Kaser. Basically, I'd say so. Uh, viewers, 
do yes. take it personally where it's like, okay, you're actually coming for my favorite. Now I like you. Great less. point. Um, and then our final segment, which I don't even think we'll really get into because we've talked about the whole episode, but we just got to throw it out there. Did you go to the acting Academy? Shout out Kato Kalen, Danny, Terrence, take it away. <laughs> I would say that Danny clearly did not go to the acting Academy because she her reaction to the hinky votes was the least believable thing. believable thing ever so not only did she you know totally throw her plan out there to cody beforehand by the way for how many like conversations she gets into where she's either talking shit about somebody or making a plan or like some sort of game talk she talks so loud in the house i know compared to like everybody else it seems um but you know so she basically laid out her plan ahead of time and then acts like it wasn't her when it goes down. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Really glad Cody didn't didn't fall for it. And yes. I just thought the follow-up in which he's in a bigger group. She literally said, she goes, who do you think it was? She goes, was it Kevin, Devon? What about Bailey? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, maybe it was Bailey. I think that uh, the weirdest thing about this and the most obvious move should have been you ask the first person, it's got to be the person you trust the most. If they say no, drop it. Another week, maybe. That, yeah, I think that's probably a good approach. Yeah, true. Like, it, it, doing it immediately and then be like, no, it wasn't me. It's like, come on. Yeah. I want to submit another Did You Go to the Acting Academy and Please say do. Enzo. And I think he did. Because Enzo is an overactor, but because he has an overacting personality. So it's not out of character. Yes. I was like, I don't know, bro. I think that's fair, but I, I would say it wasn't the All acting academy. All these flip-floppers. <laughs> I don't think it would be the acting academy as much as he like got really into like Chris Moneymaker and like the World Series of Poker in 2005 because he's sunglasses. wearing his sunglasses <laughs> in every conversation where he could potentially show his cards. It's a it's kind of a give in a yeah. way. But he thinks he's he's show you know, he's hiding his cards and like uh, and being covert. It's actually a telescope on his face. <laughs> Yo, I got a telescope on my face in this house, bro. It's like when you are in the HOH room, you actually basically do. I'm not kidding. Exactly. These are prescription. <laughs> <laughs> um any closing thoughts before we end the pod? I think we're in for another sad week. I do too. I yeah. think so too. Um, we got to keep the faith. Like we're big brother fans. Oh, I think you were, you've never been more correct than what you said when you were watching. We need like a David HOH or something next week. Just like absolute chaos. Yeah. It would be probably one of the funniest weeks in big brother history. It would be painful, but like, I it's mean, like the office. You know, what would, you know, what would really be horrible about that. He would end up putting up like Davon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a puppet. He, he would do whatever Tyler wanted him to do to make up for his, oh, I must be bad at this game. I yeah. Must be like, oh, God. <laughs> um, anything, on? No, I've got nothing. <laughs> we just, we're just going to start going to Owen every the, time. This has been like an episode for me where you guys can like see the chugging gears in my head. Yeah. That was me you two keep, episodes ago. You keep putting me on the spot to say stuff. Okay, Owen, why don't you say what I always say at the end of the pod? Owen, no. All right. Um, so please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Please follow the uh, Twitter account at Podavito, P O D O F V E T O. And uh, with that, good night, house guests. We'll see you on uh, Friday morning. <laughs> Heck yeah.